Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life, the podcast that is dedicated to exploring the journey of personal growth, well-being, and self-discovery. I'm your host Kavik, and in each episode, we'll dive deep into conversations with inspiring individuals who have embraced their authentic selves and transformed their lives. Today, we have an extraordinary guest joining us, Shamas Dana. a dedicated guide on the path to self discovery and empowerment samash has a unique story of self realization and a profound mission to help others tap into their highest selves for the longest time she believed that her intuitive gifts made her different but she soon discovered that guiding people back home who themselves was her superpower she is deeply passionate about supporting individuals as they connect to their true story or true worth i would say identity and dreams which empowers them to make a positive impact in the world her wisdom and perspective shaped by her experiences in the corporate world and her commitment to personal and professional harmony make her a compassionate and insightful guide for individuals seeking authentic leadership and a deeper connection to their intuition it is an honor to have her on our show today and we look forward to diving into conversations about leading authentically embracing intuition and creating a harmonious harmonious life so shamas thank you for joining us your journey and the wisdom you bring will undoubtedly inspire our listeners on their path to a healthy mind and healthy life welcome to the show thank you thank you for having me how are you feeling today and uh, like how how's the weather there and what what's going on in your mind right now Um I'm feeling great today. The weather is hot. We uh, are really entering summer here. Um so it's sunshine and warm, which is quite nice. Um and what's going on in my mind? I um I just launched a new offering today. So I think my mind is full with uh kind of all the different things that I need to do with that as well as um creating space to have more things come in. 
Yeah. Wow, wow, that's great. That's great. So, 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 guys, like, get ready for an enlightening conversation with her as we explore the power of intuition, leading authentically, and finding the harmony within ourselves. So, stay tuned for the episode. Okay. So, uh, sounds like there are a few things which come to my mind, and I believe uh, this will exactly help our listeners. Uh, to understand and maybe uh, they can they can also get those things uh, used to in their daily life. So, can you share a bit more about your personal journey and how you discovered your intuitive gifts and your purpose of guiding others back to themselves? Um. So I think it's really what I've always done. Uh, and I just didn't realize what it was until much later in life. Uh, I can remember people saying when I was younger that I was just smart. And, um, and then later on, uh, you know, later in life, I began to realize that people said that when I expressed my intuition. And they were like, how did you know that? you must be just so smart. And then I was like, Oh, I've always done this. I've always been able to pull information from the environment, right? I've always been able to receive in information that maybe wasn't as obvious to other people. Um, and so, you know, in lots of realms, that's just considered really smart and uh, aware, at which it is. <laughs> but it's also very intuitive. And it's really using that skill of how my energetic system receives an information, how I process that information, and how then I can use it in my daily life. Um, you know, lots of times in this world, we go, 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 and we achieve and we have things that we're supposed to do and the world expects from us, our, our parents expect, our friends expect, our jobs expect, um, that we don't necessarily take the time and opportunity to understand what our own innate gifts are and what our own in, uh, innate abilities are and how our um, individual systems work. And so for me, a lot of that, you know, I had, I had a natural ability as a young person, um, but I was also introduced to yoga and meditation at quite a young age. Um, so when I was in college, I started practicing yoga and meditation and I just happened, you know, to be in very gifted environments that I had uh, amazing teachers um, from very early on in my practice. And so um, that was an introduction to this world. Uh, I still pursued, you know, the normal path of life of getting a college degree, getting a really good job, having a high power job. Um, but I always had this wellness component and kind of this other component that I was aware of and exposed to and experienced at, um, at a young age and a pretty deep level. Um, and so Let's see. I I left the corporate world to go into international development, um, really because that was part of my passion. Is that I really loved how economies transitioned and how they grew and um, what that looked like. And I also had this realization that uh, if I stayed in investment banking, I was going to get used to this very 
wealthy lifestyle and that maybe would cut me off from other opportunities to experience more joy and happiness. It's a very youthful view of life. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, certainly led me down some amazing paths, but it was definitely not the path that I uh, I suggest for anybody. You have to make those decisions. Uh, there are pros and cons to each path that you choose. But for me, that was the path that I chose. Um, and I had a fantastic experience working in Serbia and Croatia. And it's actually there that I uh, became certified as a teacher of yoga. Um, I The stars aligned and I had a contract that ended. And my next contract was delayed by 30 days. Um, and so I had this 30-day window where I didn't have a place to stay and I didn't have a job to go to. And so I looked around and I found a yoga teacher training that started the next day and lasted for 29 days. And so it fit exactly into the time window I needed. Um, and so I did it and I became a teacher. Um, and I taught from then on, on um, kind of a part-time basis whenever it um, was available and asked for and needed. And so that practice, my practice deepened, um, my experience deepened, my understanding of the philosophy deepened. Um, and yet, you know, there was more, right? There was just more. Um, but it certainly put me on this path of um, social entrepreneurship, of understanding how I could bring um, more joy through business, more uh, business that's more in alignment with my value structures and kind of how I wanted to see the world work. So I went to Berkeley for social entrepreneurship and in particular with food, because food is definitely one of my passions and always has been. And, um, and so I explored that and had an amazing experience with that. Um, but I decided to move back to Houston to be with my family. This is where I'm from. And so uh, my grandparents were getting older and my mom was the only one uh, in Texas. So um, I moved back to help with that family process and also just experience um, perhaps a slower pace of life than San Francisco or New York offered. And, uh, and I got here and I found that uh, Houston was still a really big city <laughs> and people were still led very hectic lives. And so the way the world worked, like the universe really put me in a place that I um, came back to my yoga practice in a very profound way and started teaching yoga um, more on a full-time basis. And I eventually opened my own studio. Um, and during that time, I was introduced to breath work and a cathartic breath work practice. And it's really that practice that transformed my life. Um, in a way that allowed me to experience um, a mastery of intuition and energy that I really uh, never thought was possible. And so it was that experience of really uh, a practice that actually brought me an embodied experience of oneness on a regular and consistent basis that allowed my meditation practice to deepen, that allowed me to have uh, more peace, more connection, more connection to my intuition. It allowed me to understand emotion, how I felt emotion, why I felt emotion, where it came from, and how to clear those things both energetically and mentally and emotionally. 
And so that brought me through a place where I, um, I could really coach people into these different aspects of life and um, was able to bring both my business world and this metaphysical world together um, to coach people on how to step into their intuition and authentic self um, in the workplace and in all areas of their life. So it's super fun to like bring it all together. <laughs> That's true, I guess. And like when you mentioned about the aspects, so one aspect you specialize in is activating joy. So how can leaders cultivate joy in their own lives and uh, maybe within their teams, even if um, uh, even they're in the face of challenges and uncertainty? Yeah, I actually think it's really a skill set that we all need to cultivate, um, in particular during this time. So we all have the ability to experience immense joy on a daily basis. And most of the time, that means that you have to be much more honest with yourself, Mm -hmm. um, just slow down a little bit, and you have to take responsibility for both your own emotions and your response and reaction with those emotions and those situations. Um, And so, you know, the biggest thing that leaders can do is take more time to really listen to what makes themselves happy and what brings them peace and ease and joy. Because if they don't have that, they really can't bring that to their teams, right? They really can't bring that to the people that they work with. And, you know, that's what people look for in leadership. If your leader is anxious or scared or um, is stressed all the time, you know, it's really hard to uh, cultivate a sense of trust, right? And so leaders have to find that within themselves. Correct. Extremely correct. So like increasing emotional bandwidth is uh, crucial for building these strong relationships. So can you share some strategies uh, or maybe the practices uh, to help leaders expand their emotional bandwidth and uh, foster deeper connection uh, with their team members. So what I suggest most to people in in, uh, expanding their emotional bandwidth is to take time each day to process your emotion and energies of the day. Mm -hmm. And I find breath work to be most effective in doing that. Um, But some people find journaling. Some people find just quiet time or listening. But everybody needs space to really process life, right, at the end of the day. And especially if you're a leader, you're in a busy work environment, you have constant um, interaction, your energetic system needs the space to process through all the experiences that didn't get fully processed through the day. And in our modern world, it happens all the time. Like we move from one thing to the next thing so quickly that our energetic systems and our mental emotional systems don't have time to fully digest everything. And so then there's residual uh, energy or stuck energy in the system. And that results in agitation, anxiety, reactionary behavior, exhaustion, and burnout. But if you can at least start by taking 15 minutes a day to be in quiet or peace or breathe 
or listen with consciousness and attention. Um, whatever that practice is for you that lets your system decompress and lets your nervous system come back down to a baseline, um, I, I suggest that all leaders find that. Um, on a day, on a like throughout your day, it's a really good practice to take breaks between each thing. So instead of going back to back through things through the whole day, to take 15 minutes between each event, whether it be a Zoom call or face-to-face meeting or what have you, to take those breaks and really make that an intentional period to decompress, to let your nervous system relax. So try not to fill those 15 minutes with like busy work or things to do or quick phone calls, but like a time where you are quiet or where you make some sound or where you make some movement to let your energetic system process and um and release got it extremely helpful i guess so uh, like intuition is often described as a superpower how can leaders tap into and uh, trust their intuition to make better decisions and maybe navigate uncertainty uh, more effectively I would say using your intuition is actually the best way to navigate uncertainty effectively. And the more you practice it, the better you get. It is a skill set. It's not like a magic power. I mean, it is, a you know, you can look at it as a magic power, but it's really a skill set, right? It's a skill set of how you receive an information, how you process that information, and then what you do with it. And historically, we're trained... Um, to do things the way things, people have done them before us, <laughs> really, and when it comes down to it, right, like what's safest is to do what somebody else has done before. Yeah. And, right, that's what, it, it, that's kind of like the go-to. We did it this way before, it worked okay, let's do it again. This person did it this way. And there's a certain level of success that that reaches, fair enough. Um, But in the world that we're in now, you know, there's so much uncertainty and there's so many things that we literally have never done before and new systems that need to be created because the old ways aren't really working very well and aren't really efficient and um, don't really work for the new generations that are coming forward and honestly didn't really work for the generations in the past either. And so... You know, you have to step forward with what your intuition tells you in order to really succeed. And so how do you tap into that? One is taking, you have to have the space to understand what's your intuition, right? So you have to quiet down and you have to listen and you have to be able to distinguish what is yours, what is your information, what is your truth, what is your energy, and what's been projected onto you right? What you have adopted from all the people around you, what's been imprinted on you. And so that's the first step is that discernment level. And then the next step is really having the courage to trust your intuition and to act upon it. And just like anything, you know, just like with any new activity or any new habit or practice, you know, you're going to get some that are right and you're going to get, you know, you're going to win and you're going to lose. Like you're going to win sometimes and you're not going to get it right sometimes. But the more you practice, the better you get and the sharper that skill gets and the more effective you are. And your rate of success 
will actually skyrocket because you're receiving in information that your your system needs to do what you are designed and meant to do in the world, right? And so then that means that your zone of genius, where you're working in your zone of genius, amplifies. And that um, that allows you to succeed with even um, with even a greater frequency. Wow. So like in your work, like you emphasize the importance of harmony uh, within ourselves. So how can leaders manage their energy and find balance amid the demands of their roles? So yes, it's such a challenge for most leaders because they have so many demands and they all seem so important. <laughs> and it's all to take priority, right? Okay. And so the skill set really is um, being able to listen and match both what your priorities are and what the priorities of the situation or organization are with what actually needs to be done to meet those priorities. And oftentimes we operate in kind of the, the loudest voice gets addressed first or most often or gets the most energy. And, you know, that just may not be the road to success, right? And so in order to really manage your energy, because, you know, your energy is valuable, right? And so where you direct your energy is where you're going to have more success, right? And, and more movement, if you will, maybe success is it. You're, you'll have more movement. And so you really want to be conscious of where you direct your energy, that it's moving you in the direction that is aligned with your purpose and your mission and your goals, right? So those inner and outer goals. Okay. Um, and so listening and reflection are really the two main tools that allow you to get there. Right. If you can't be honest about what the results are or you can't be honest about what your goals are, then it's really hard to find that harmony. But the more honest you can be about those things and the more you can listen to what's really true and see the results that are being shown in front of you, then the easier it is to come in alignment and, and readjust and make steps forward that are in harmony. God. So, uh, can you also provide some practical uh, techniques that um, leaders can incorporate into their daily routine to enhance their self-awareness and also uh, lead um, from a place of authenticity? So, I I would say, really, I would say having a meditation practice that's body-based and sense-aware. Um, you know, we it's so easy with so much technology nowadays to be yeah. in your head all the time and to be told what to do and how to do it all the time. That having a practice that brings you back to your body and the sensations of your body and how your body feels at this moment allow you to be present, right? And the better you get at being present the easier it is to be honest and see what's in front of you and determine whether it's an alignment or not an alignment. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, definitely. Yes. And so the way I always suggest people, you know, we there are as many types of meditation as there are humans in the world, right? So you can 
practice anything that really teaches you how to focus your attention, right? And how to connect in. And so I always tell people that you can um, look at what already brings you in to the zone, if you will. Like what in your life already brings you peace and ease? What practice do you do? Is it walking? Is it gardening? Is it listening to music? Is it um, knitting or sewing? Like what is your practice that makes, allows your mind to quiet and allows your nervous system to um, to level down and, and relax, right? And then take that as like your next step to meditation. So how do I take that? Like what's the meditation practice that I can find that most resembles that, right? Is it a walking meditation, right? Is it a gazing meditation? Is it a listening meditation? Is it some kind of movement or sensation meditation, like find a practice that already uses where you find calmness and peace already. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm, I'm thinking like, let me listen. Keep me listening. It, it, it's awesome. It's awesome. Like, Great. Yeah. You're saying so that. like what already makes you feel easeful and peaceful? I, I, I missed you. What? What makes you feel easeful and peaceful already in your life? What do you do? So uh, basically what I follow is I, I have a very simple routine. Uh, so I always follow seven hours of sleep. And no matter whatever task I have, whatever um, deadlines I have, I always follow seven hours of sleep. And in the morning, uh, when I when I wake up, I do a breathing exercise also, which is um, uh, like uh, so like we inhale from one side of the nose and exhale uh, from other side. So this uh, this is a small practice, but uh, it actually helps. Uh, me to stay calm and uh, increase the patience level and I do love music so I always do uh, the meditation with the music uh, for sure just to feel the vibe uh, feel myself and my own self basically so yes this actually help, uh, helped me uh, to stay more calm and yes, uh, earlier I used to do weight, weight trainings and all, and then later on I moved to running. So this is this is my this is my simple habit, and I'm loving it. <laughs> Beautiful, that's great. Yeah, yeah, all perfect things. I'll help move energy. I'll help you keep you more in balance. Yeah. It's- so, like, uh, definitely, I'll be needing, and uh, uh, I, I guess listeners will also be will love to hear from you. Any advice do you have uh, for the leaders uh, who may face uh, resistance or skepticism when incorporating their practices like uh, breathe work, uh, biofield tuning? or maybe uh, yoga uh, into their leadership journey. So how can they overcome any barriers and misconceptions? That they have themselves or that people around them have? They have themselves. Yes, yes. Yeah. You know, the proof is always in the pudding, right? So 
I I am a huge believer and that you have to try it. And if it works for you, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't work. Move on and try something else, right? <laughs> no, no, that, that's the thing, for sure. Yeah, and so, you know, if you're looking for practices, try them for a period of time. You know, be, be if you want to call it scientific about it, right? Like give each practice a certain amount of time, let's say four weeks, right? Okay. You can do 30 or 40 days, right? But let's say four weeks, easy period of time, right? You do the practice for four weeks. You see how you feel at the end of the practice at those four weeks. Do you feel better? Do you feel more calm? If you don't, go try another practice. Like it's not the practice, like it's not you, it's the practice. Like you need to find the practices that work for you. Correct. Because that, so, uh, so we call it gold is gold because practice makes the person perfect. I won't say it's men because it's both men and women. So practice always makes people perfect. So that's exactly fits here. So yeah, so like how can leaders uh, can create an environment that uh, fosters growth, uh, self-expression and well-being uh, within their teams. Well, first they have to do it within themselves, right? So they have to feel balanced. They have to feel connected. They have to have the experience of self-compassion before they are really able to authentically offer it to others. You can offer it to others, which, yeah. yes, you have to offer all of that anyway. But the way you become a powerful leader is when you know it yourself and you can share it with others. And, and, you know, the beautiful thing about that is um, it's really the self-acceptance. You know, when you really have a, a level of self-acceptance, it's so much easier for you to accept all the other people and all their uniqueness. You know, when you're harsh to yourself and when you um, have a lot of rigidity in your own system, it's very hard to really give other people the bandwidth to be themselves, you know, and have that level of compassion for others. Um, but I see in leaders that find that when they find that within themselves, it's the greatest strength because it allows them to let everyone else shine and everyone else thrive. Like there isn't fear. There isn't that sense of competition or like, um, striving or proving, right? Like you see how each person contributes and you see their skills and their gifts and their beauty. And as a leader, because you can hold all of that, right? You naturally want them all to shine and rise, you know? And then it like, that's just an amplifying, amazing feeling, right? Okay. Okay. That's, that's, that's really good. And Apart from apart from all this in general, any any motivating factors you find here for the um, for the leaders and maybe uh, which they can implement into their teams. Tell me a little bit more about what you mean. Sorry, ask the question again. So, any motivating factors you can see in between, like um, the scenarios for the leaders. How do you mean motivating factors? Motivating factors in the sense like uh, for this uh, growth and expression uh, into the teams. So any motivating factor they can uh, also uh, add on, like 
I mean, I think the biggest motivating factor is a happy, high-achieving team. You know, like it is so fun as a leader to see your whole team like super excited to do what they do, you know, and to see them really thrive and um, reach higher levels of success and happiness and ease. Like that's just fun, you know? Yeah. I guess, I guess a lot of people are going to love this episode because they are feeling, okay, yes, yes, someone has said something for us, yes. So, yeah, it's, it's good, it's good, it's true. Like, uh, most most people face this kind of scenarios and uh, yes, uh, definitely what uh, uh, Shamus has mentioned, uh, she has actually explained very, very, uh, very softly and very easily that you can always implement into your lives. So I guess uh, you should definitely try and you should definitely look for it. So, yes, that is the biggest thing is looking for it. You know, I've done so many different things in my life, right? I've done investment banking. I've done international development. I've worked in the food industry. I've been in consulting, I've done wellness, I've taught yoga, I've done all these different things, you know, and at the end of the day, your joy is your joy. And no matter what you're doing or where you are, you can bring that, you know, and that's always going to shift the environment. And that's always going to make things better and more positive and work more efficiently because it, it is looking for that win-win. It is looking for that beauty. It is looking for what you know to be true in life, right? As life is designed to be. Extremely true. So like, yes, I also agree with this. And so with this, and that brings us to the end of this enlightening episode of Healthy Mind, Healthy Life. So I hope that all our conversations with Shamas has inspired you all lead authentically through uncertainty, active joy, and increase emotional bandwidth and harness the power of intuition. So, Chamas, we are incredibly grateful for the wisdom and insights you have shared today. So, as we wrap up, we encourage all the listeners to take the lessons learned from this episode and apply them to your own leadership journey. Always remember that leading authentically starts with embracing your true self, cultivating joy and expanding your emotional bandwidth and trusting your intuition. So we thank you, Shamus, for joining us and sharing your wealth of knowledge and experience in guiding individuals toward a deeper connection to their higher selves, your dedication to helping others lead authentically and create harmless lives and truly inspiring. So as we conclude, we want to remind all our listeners to prioritize your self-care and well-being as you navigate uncertainty. Remember that, as I always mention, Always remember that by taking care of your own mental and emotional health, you are better equipped to support and inspire those around you. 
So we hope this episode has provided you with valuable insights and practical tools to lead authentically and create a positive impact in your life and lives of others because that matters. So thank you for joining us on this journey of personal growth and empowerment. And thank you, Shamus, for explaining so lovely about the leadership thing. Really great. Thank you. Thank you for joining in the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you.